today welcome to another episode of Amagen's podcast I'm your host Captain P with uh, Tina's and Joe how are you gentlemen excited for another week it's good to see you again welcome to Amagen's podcast and how has been your week gentlemen good 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 to be here brother how are you doing no I'm good man I'm good Joe how's everything good mate how are you how are you Amagen's beautiful all right Man, we're good. All good. Another another good week, another good weekend. Sports, not good results for some of our teams. Joe is still flying high. Another good week for Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's get into it. We know the drill. We've got our Premier League review. We've got our discussion of some current affairs, some entertainment. And we'll have some, you know, uh, prickly topics for different people in different geolocations. So, We'll have a bit of fun, have a bit of a chat. So let's start with the Premier League. We'll go through the results. So again, touching base with Joe. Liverpool, another good win. 3-0 against Aston Villa, another team from the top six last season. Yeah. This, at home. This uh, time around, they game. were quite good, eh? Yep, too good. They're too strong. As I said, uh, in our pre-production meeting, I think they'll be... Uh, maybe the closest challenger to Man City, based on current form, playing good football. Um, and yeah, Arsenal won, of course. I'll get into my Man United rant. I think this is the third week in the row going into a Man United rant. I'm a bit tired now. Um, Tinas, no, I'm not happy, brother. Not happy. Um, we're failing to utilize opportunities uh, that come back to bite us. You know, like we were just not playing good football. To be honest, I, I I really don't have much to say about that sort of performance because the amount of money they spent and what we're getting is is, is just it's ridiculous. It's um, yeah, yeah. Look, as I said, the season is interesting. Um, you know, <laughs> Chelsea after spending over a billion dollars, um, yeah, it's it's a bit disappointing how they're playing. But as I said, it's a young team. Lots of potential. As I said, that midfield, give it another three, four years of one of the best midfields in the world. Yeah, but we don't have three years, brother. We don't have three years. We don't have a few more years. (laughs) We want to win now. We have, I think, um, like any other team, we want it now. Um, So I was hearing somebody, um, I can't remember who, uh, I was watching a podcast or something, and they were saying that they had... um, um, some sort of resolution that they're not going to be taking people that are over the age of 25. I don't know what sort of um, plan that is, but there are a lot of good players out there that, you know, after over the age of 25, that are still good players, um, you know, and more questions come. Um, if you're going to spend that amount of money, why can't you spend a little a bit more to get a star player that is going to deliver the points. If you're going to spend a billion dollars on players, at least put in 150 million for... Spoiled after... Yeah, but isn't that you just being spoiled after 20 years of Roman Abramovich? Spoiled how? You spoiled. You were winning. You were winning a lot of cups. You won the Champions League twice. You won the Premier League back-to-back several seasons. So after 20 years of instant, (laughs) a microwave type of system... Now, you're not used to building a culture. No, I, th- I think they have a good building culture. They, they Look, man, most of the, 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 the guys who were in the team that um, 
uh, Fred Lambert had came from the academy. Those are the people that were sold off, most of them. Um, so we, I think we do have a good um, um, culture of bringing up players. But the point here is, if you're going to spend that amount of money on a team, regardless of how much you want to build it, but you need to also put in people that can deliver. So when you're spending money, why spend money and say, I want this team to become like this in four or five years when you can spend money and make that happen right away? Look at a very good example is Man City. The, look at uh, Haaland. How long did it take? How long did it take Man City? How long did it take Man City? No, but they're doing it now. They bought Haaland for how much? And what is Haaland doing? Uh, he's he's destroying uh, yeah. opponents. Yeah, that's what we're saying. If 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 you if you can spend 150 million dollars, yeah. and you get yourself, I don't know if there's a player worth 150 million dollars right now, but if you could, aren't you better off to get a, a top-notch striker that you know as as soon as we say go, they're gonna start banging goals because the difference in Chelsea's playing from any other team that's making it is mostly because they're failing to score the goals. They could have a good passing game, they could have good running players, uh, creating opportunities, but when it comes to the front, they're just not scoring goals. Yeah, but look, as I, as I said, look, Chelsea supporters are spoiled. Um, they had instant success. <laughs> so <laughs> they're expecting everything to be instant. You know, us, at least with my new supporters, we've, we went through the lean years with Ferguson, where things were up and down. We are used to a rebuild. Yes, no, we, no, no, no. no. My, Manchester United never spent a billion dollars on players, mate. <laughs> so uh, yeah. you are, yeah, you're quite we, disappointed. We, we on quality of the youth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're, you're disappointed it. because of the dollar figure that was spent. Yes. And, and, and to mention, you, you, do you know how big that squad is? It's a 35-man squad right now. 35, who, who needs a 35-man um, squad? That is not winning yeah, but games. there's injuries. There's injuries. Look at, look at Man U. Okay, Man U, we've lost Varane. We've lost uh, uh, Martinez, right? Luke Shaw, Malasia. And you're telling me you don't need a 35-man squad? Look how depressing it is. Now you're taking me to my rant very quickly. In 2023, we have fucking <laughs> Maguire and Johnny Evans in the team. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and you are complaining that you've got people like Kukarela on your bench. You're complaining you've got people like Ben Chinwell not playing well. You've got people like Enzo Fernandez. Look at our midfield. We've got Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen, you know, God bless his soul. You know, he he survived a heart attack, and everyone knew that. But he's not a hundred percent player anymore. He can't play the way he used to play. But Man United is relying on that against. Uh, against uh, people like uh, Declan Rice over the weekend, which happened. So that's what I'm saying, that Chelsea fans, people, they might complain about Man U, Man U being entitled because we won 13 premierships in 20 years, so we've got entitlement. But Chelsea are acting as poor children because they had Daddy Abramovich buy everything they wanted. And I they think, want instantly. No, but right now what we're saying is we're not saying bias everything. We're saying use the money correctly. That's what we're saying. Like, um, yeah, but, he, but I believe he's, Koulibaly, he's correctly. If you buy Casado, Enzo, Kulibali was in, the, in that team for how long, and how much did they purchase him for? 
Those are the decisions we're saying. Yeah, right now with Kukurela, how much did they pay for Kukurela? But they already wanted to let him go. Okay. You talk about Kulibali. That Kulibali was not utilized properly. That's an experienced signing, a very good defender. But they sold him. So right. that's this is just what I'm saying. Who, who, who so. teach the would teach the culture of defending to the younger players? To your defenders like Chaloba. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He's a defender. You need that experience in the team, right? Which is the polar opposite of Man United. We've got no youth defenders coming through. We've got injury prone, 30 plus year old Varane. We've got that hopeless Maguire who didn't want to get transferred. We've got Lindelof. <laughs> right? How much are you guys paying Maguire? <laughs> I hear he's got a hefty salary. 200 or nearly three. Like three hundred thousand a year a week. You've got uh, <laughs> Jaden Sancho. If Jaden Sancho was from Zambia, he would have been transferred a long time ago with all the, with those hopeless performances. Not picking yeah. on Zambia at the moment, but I'm just giving <laughs> an example. If he was from an African country, he would have been sold by Jaden Sancho because he's British. They would defend him. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> comparing what's happening to Chelsea and Man U, you can start me on the rant, which I didn't want to go into today because I'm still depressed with it. I woke up at 1.30 in the morning to watch Dross. <laughs> I tell you, it was absolutely <laughs> a horrible match to watch. Right? <laughs> we were fortunate to score. Let me, let me let me not start on Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford gets the pass because he had an interview with Barack Obama. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, what if Marcus Rashford again? If he was Jamaican, mm. yeah, if Marcus Rashford if he was Jamaican, he wouldn't be having a free pass as he has at the moment, right? Yes, he scored a goal, right? But he had two opportunities just to square the ball. That's that makes the difference between a good player and an elite player. Messi knows the time to score, and he knows the time to assist. He's got that football intelligence. Marcus Rashford doesn't have it. So yeah, man, maybe can we can we can we, weekend or... can we say maybe it's the coach who's not really instilling those values in the in his players? There's too much entitlement. The coach the coach calls out Jaden Sancho to say you he hasn't trained properly, right? How does a person earning three hundred and fifty thousand right a week? Some people won't see all that money in their lifetime. How is that person not motivated enough to train properly? Right, yeah. your coach tells you haven't been trained properly, and you put out a social media post. That's how entitled some of these people are. When Man United, right, they don't respect the jersey. Other people have fought blood and sweat for that jersey to put it to the pedestal where one in three people are supporting Man United around the world, right? <laughs> but those jokers in that red shirt are doing fuck all. So I'll back ten hug, man. He knows what he wants to play, the style he wants to play, but we've got jokers in that team. And the <laughs> it's not being xenophobic, but most of the jokers of British heritage, starting by Maguire, <laughs> Jaden Sancho, Marcus Rashford, right? And then obviously you've got the teacher's pet, Anthony, who uses one leg. We knew Iron Robin was a one-leg maestro, but Iron Robin used to score 20, 25 goals. Anthony doesn't, doesn't do shit. <laughs> Man. You guys were excited about that lad, uh, last season. Let me tell you, that's that's 100 million down the drain. Ragnick, people laugh at Ralph Ragnick. Yes, he, was, he didn't coach the team well. He had his issues. But 
he said that team needed open heart surgery. And <laughs> lo and behold, we've got still fucking Maguire there. We've got Lindelof there. <laughs> and we've got Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans. He was relegated last season with fucking Leicester. And he's in the team. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> what are we going on about it, man? You, man. <laughs> it's a joke. It's an absolute joke, man. It's an absolute joke. Ugh. Anyway, let me not lose. Uh, let me not blow a gasket now. <laughs> Joe is not saying anything because he, right he doesn't it. have a, a sort of problem. <laughs> Uh, it's unfortunate right. because if you watched <laughs> if you watched the Liverpool match, you see why I'm just smiling in the background. <laughs> you know, at first I thought Man U was gonna do something because they were the ones to score first, and I was like, oh yeah, go go Man U. And then all of a sudden, the play was horrible. Then uh, <laughs> <laughs> we concede uh, was concede straight from kickoff. Yeah, straight from kickoff. Ericsson, that's what I'm talking about. Ericsson, he was told you could see the defender pointing him to Martin Odegaard. Go to Martin Odegaard. But Ericsson doesn't have the legs anymore. And you're complaining because you've got Moses Caicedo and Enzo Fernandez. No, I think you didn't understand what, what I was saying. I'm not complaining to say um, we don't have good players. What I'm saying is we have a lot of players um, who could be good players, but when you have a, constant, a lot of people in one room who are doing, who can do the same job, then you're not going to get a good job out of those people because there is no competition amongst themselves. There is no, you know, that that drive to say, "Listen, guys, we are the only ones who can do this. Let's do this." And besides, management-wise, how do you have a squad that is that big? It's just just money going down the drain. Money that could be used, like I said earlier, to get quality strikers, strikers that we need right now. So that's just my thinking. I'm not. I'm not complaining that um, having a lot of players is not good. Um, you know, like like we're we're saying, or like you're saying, we're spoiled. No, it's just saying. Listen, the squad can be trimmed down to 25 men. Those 10 players that you sell can bring out some money that we can buy buy a good um, striker. That's what. That's that's what we need right now. I'm sure you can agree with me. Yeah. Clinical. <laughs> we, we we actually wish we had a. Uh, we actually wish we had a thirty-five man squad. As I said, we're bringing on Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans <laughs> in twenty twenty-three. Man, come on. You've, you've got a junior <laughs> squad. Why are you Why are you bringing people from your academy? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. Anyway, we'll move from. We'll move on from Chelsea. From Chelsea, <laughs> Man United rants. Let's go to Brighton and Newcastle. That was an exciting game. Brighton. It's a team on form. They've got a good coach. They've lost lots of what were supposedly their best players in Cucurella, Casado. They even lost Graham Potter, but their football is up there, um, you know, playing very well. Again, my prediction about Eddie Howe in Newcastle. You see now, three lo- losses on the trot against what? <laughs> Top seven. But teams. but can we, can we justify the the... The amount of money that the owners have and the uh, the the players they have, can we justify? Is there is there is there anything we can talk about there? <laughs> is it substance? Justify is in what the squad? As in, can they do better? Look, I mean, just considering squad. Hmm. Yeah, but they've only players want a team where you can get a bit of Champions League, and they don't want to just spend money. Remember, with Man City, when they had money, they had to sign a person like Robinho. Mm-hmm. Right, 
Mm. It was a flashy signing at that time. Didn't bring anything, and they had to re restart it. They, you know, started signing your Martin Jekos, your Vincent companies. You know, some people who were not well known, but had that hunger and passion, and then they put a bit of stardust in it with your Sergio Agueros. So I think what Newcastle's recruitment is is decent. That midfield needs improving. I don't think Joel Linton, yeah, last season was a good season. But with the style of play they want to play, with the way other teams are playing top teams, Joel Linton doesn't cut the mustard. You've got a good signing in Tonali. I think they need um, a better backup striker. Callum Wilson um, coming on. Yeah, he scores, but I don't think he can make you win the Champions League. Um, the left back, I think they've got this big centre-back type of left-back. Uh, I think it's Dan Byrne or something, I think. You need a, a left-back, you know, like your Jordi Albers, you know. Those type of same uh, left-backs who just bomb up and down, non-stop. And I don't think he can do it. So there's still a little, a little bit more restructuring. And plus as well, they have to go under uh, FFP guidelines. And I don't yeah. think Newcastle have got, you know, that talent like, you know, like Chelsea. Chelsea sold Mason Mount for $55 million. Mason Mount was in, <laughs> if you're sorry to coming back to Chelsea, <laughs> but business, that was a wise business move. That's 55 million profit. Very wise, Baba. Very wise. <laughs> <laughs> I so, agree there. <laughs> um, so they've got FFP, they've got FFP. So Newcastle can just go and splash because they've got, you know, need to maintain the FFP guidelines. Chelsea circumvented it because they sold all basically academy talents yeah there's no debris that's that's just assets off the book complete profit wow <laughs> so, well <laughs> and then now so we move on um look everton versus Sheffield united i think everton will be relegated this season they survived by the skin of their teeth last season everton who will, will uh, I believe we'll get relegated. We've got Luton lost again, newly promoted Luton. I think they'll be going back to the championship. It's just an enjoyment ride for them to be in the Premier League. Um, or unless some, a miracle happens and they go on a good run, West Ham, uh, West Ham beat Luton Town, as we were saying, 2-1. Um, Burnley, Burnley lost uh, 5-2 against Tottenham. Again, Burnley struggling. Looking at the table, uh, again, we've got Burnley right at the bottom. No points. Luton, no points. Both newly promoted. Everton with one point. So, look, Everton might survive. It might be the ones who came up last season, go back down. So, yep. we see how we go. And, of course, the juggernaut, Man City, four out of four. Holland, yeah, going Holland strong. Trick. I think it's the title for Man City. Man City to lose. So, especially now, they've got two points ahead of everyone. Everyone else in the pack is two points behind. So I think Man City is the team to beat again for this season. Um, Pep is actually, you know, <laughs> on sick leave at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a quick one. Um, what's your, what are your thoughts on 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 uh, Tottenham strike there off the front? Well, what do you think of Son? Do you think he's the right guy? I think it brings versatility to the team. Uh, it brings fluidity that they can interchange. Son can go onto the wing. Someone else can come into the middle. I think that's Kulevsevsky. And I think on the other wing was Perisic for the last game. I am not sure because I only watched the highlights for that one. 
if they bring back Richarlison, Richarlison can go on the wing. So I think it brings versatility, unlike with Kane, where Kane was the focal point. The team is more fluid. Yeah. As a team. I, was, I, was, I was surprised with that, um, with the change that, you know, they, they brought out Richardson and they, they put in Son and then bang, Hattrick Baba. Yeah, he shined. <laughs> I, wonder <if> that's <laughs> a, I wonder if that's a telltale sign of um, what he's willing to, if he's willing to step up to Harry Kane's uh, plate. Yeah, I think plus as well, you said some one of his goal came, him coming off the left, that one came, him coming off the right, and I think the third one was through the middle. So again, that interchangeability in the team mm. helps Tottenham. Again, you know, with Kane, it's either he was dropping deep into a number 10 role, or he was up front, he wasn't going out to the wing, he wasn't dragging yeah. midfielders, yeah. he wasn't dragging defenders, like you'd see Boma, um they were being dragged left, right and centre. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Burnley, I mean. They were being dragged from one midfield or run with this player, then it was all open, you know, just one pass through the middle, straight for a goal. All right. Yeah, man, so that's another interesting week of the Premier League. So we've got an international break. We've got some international fixtures this week. Thank God we'll have a bit of a rest from the typical man, you know, Chelsea rants. Watch some international football. <laughs> we might go out for, <laughs> for a few <laughs> drinks up this weekend and not worry about football. So moving on to our next topic. So we want to talk about Gabon. You know, as we were recording last week's episode and finishing and doing our editing, that's when the <laughs> the coup in Gabon <laughs> occurred. Coup so the coup d'etat. So, so let's talk about Gabon, uh, the implications. I think there's a lot of things which are happening in the West African region. It's a can we call it the West African Spring? There was the Arab Spring a few years ago. <laughs> can we call this the West African Spring? You know, it started with Mali. Uh, Burkina Faso, now we know Niger, and now we're moving to Gabon. Uh, funny enough, the Cameroon president, who's been president since 1982, <laughs> had to do a defense <laughs> defense forces reshuffle because yeah. of his paranoia. An intelligent um, maneuver. So, <laughs> oh, definitely. Definitely. So again, latest what's happened, the Gabon's new transitional president, the army general, sworn in as president. Um mm-hmm. In the last um, overnight, so Joe Tinas, what are your thoughts about the West African Spring? Oh, it's exposing a lot of um, a lot of um, you know weaknesses in African governments. It's exposing a lot of um, uh, misuse of public funds. It's exposing also the West. I think um, countries like France. It's exposing that. The, the depth in it, they 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 um they dig their hands into other other countries' affairs. I mean, it's it's, it's just crazy. Is it a good thing? I don't know, um, because I always feel like, and, and I think history has proven this as well. If you take out someone forcefully, um, you're you're basically just giving um, someone who's still further down the ranks. You're just giving them an idea that maybe one day I can do this also. And mm-hmm. one day or another, it will happen to you. So I think that's a, that's a, um, that's a page that we have to take um, out of the, the democracy book. That listen, elect people into into power. If they're not doing a good job, 
take them out next time. Don't 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 do coups because it's hey, I know you say it will set a very bad precedence. Uh, however, once someone is elected into power, they want to hold on to power and they make so many changes, especially in African you know, uh, governments. They make so many changes that makes it difficult for people to vote you out. Well, I think maybe we need to, we need to have uh, laws that are uh, irrevocable, if I could say. Mm-hmm. Certain laws that a country should have that cannot be changed by any sitting president. For example, if we say we only have two terms, yes, I think we need that in Africa because, um, like you're saying, a president does two terms, and just before he he, he finishes his two terms, he you know he, he's changed the laws so that he can possibly run for another two. That's that's nonsense. How can you say a country that has got more than two million people, you are the only person who can rule? I don't think that's right. There's, it sends the wrong message about who we are as a people. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they are enablers, you know, like you said, some international, you know, influence. Yeah. Uh, because some countries are benefiting from that system. Yeah. And they want you to remain in power because they can siphon during that whole confusion and you being there um in africa for them to you know perpetrate that uh, you know horrendous corruption that is happening and looting of african resources but uh, while we're still on gabon uh you, you wanted to say something leslie can i can i just can i can i, can I yeah. interject on that point so I think you know, uh, you know, <laughs> there's that belief that some of these elected leaders are, you know, weak, and these military leaders are coming to bring a fresh perspective or fresh, you know, governance of resources, governance of things. But you know, how do you know that these same military leaders will not develop relationships with these particular, you know, Western or Eastern countries who come and pilfer things again and pilfer resources which affect the people because some of these people have maybe have been eyeing this position and uh, yes they might have had military power but they wanted that political influence and you know have the the keys to the financial resources to fatten their purses fatten it for their families so again yes you might say elected leaders it might do that but some of these military leaders we have come on saying that we are coming to you know give freedom to people have turned out to be 10 times worse than mm-hmm. the elected leader yeah uh, sorry go ahead john i wanted to say there's no guarantee whether elected or unelected there's no guarantee on what uh, the person will do after they are in power because uh, we listen to what they come uh campaigning or the propaganda that they spread to say we are going to free the people from the imperialist you know uh, powers and then when they come in they start working with those imperialists to further siphon the resources so it's a it's a game of politics but uh, coming back to the issue that i was talking about earlier uh, to say with gabon uh, having the coup happening in the last few days 
it has uh, sort of thrown a wet blanket over the Niger coup because uh, the France and the ECOWAS and other in you know regional uh, organizations they have not come out strongly to oppose the coup and France is yeah, but the Niger coup I, I think the in our pre pre-production meeting I think the Niger coup I think looking at the finer detail I think it's the issue of the pipeline yes <laughs> yeah which was yes. built in Niger which which is really made them uh, a bit you know blow a gasket because uh, whether there's proof or no proof you know the uh, what's the not not express pipeline which was blown up last year we don't know who blow, blew that up um it is alleged rumors. yeah it's alleged so, that us has got some alleged, involvement it's a, it is alleged uh, that the us and Immediately after that pipeline was blown, um, there was extra development, extra mm -hmm. <laughs> resources sent to build the pipeline from Nigeria all the way through Niger, mm -hmm. all the way out to Algeria, in line with the winter which we are about to enter. <laughs> in People Europe. are gonna freeze. So <laughs> that is where the big connection. That's where the big connection is at the moment. It's not about. <laughs> 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 it's not about you know unlawful toppling of the so go ahead Joe about you you were talking about the wet blanket <laughs> yeah because right now uh, Niger has opened the airspace for all commercial travel and they are calling for diplomatic you know uh, discussions but France and ECOWAS they are pushing for military intervention. Oh, de definitely France is going to push for military intervention because they want now they want to make sure um, that that pipeline is 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 is, is never going to you know the, the the country in which they have their pipeline is never going to go through the same thing again. So they want that. Um, what's his name? The president of Niger. They want him uh, because he's under house house arrest right now. They want him to be released. He's the one they have. Uh, a good understanding with so they obviously want him back in power um i mean france look at france france uh we look at uh paul beer uh, what's his name ali bongo sorry mm -hmm. um again they were in cahoots with, with 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 that guy that guy had a stroke yeah but he still held on to power he can't even walk properly like i i don't know <laughs> I don't know how, how how it works, and and you know oh, it's, it's it's a system, bruh. Because uh, look at uh, even if we cross across to uh, America, we've got a senile, demented <laughs> old man in power, <laughs> but the system is holding him in there with some crutches <laughs> and <laughs> of support. It's amazing oh. that guy. That guy in uh, in that overall office hasn't uh, hasn't <laughs> fallen asleep whilst he's talking. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, coming back to the issue that he's had stroke, but because you know the uh, Western countries were still benefiting from his corruption, so yeah. they wanted him to remain in power. Because anything that they do, they put all their savings in France. Uh, yeah. They develop houses, apartments, mansions in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in did Gabon. Did you see how much? Did you see how much that guy was caught with? Oh, the the suitcases of money and uh, yeah, 
And apparently they have properties, uh, they have properties yes, in so France. Can. They have, my goodness. Yeah. And apparently one of, one of the one that, uh, was, that shocked me was, do you know that, um, uh, that Ali guy, uh, Ali Bongo? Yes. Uh, he, at, at some point he, he helped, um, uh, Jacques Chirac. Jacques Chirac was the president of France, I think two, three presidents ago. Yeah. At some point, um, he helped him with his election uh, campaign. That's how much that guy <laughs> was in He's bed with the French. Yes, they've got a lot of money because it's a small country, small population with uh, huge reserves of oil. And it's amazing how people are still poor. Even if you steal 50% of the resources and leave 50% for the 2 million people, people will live... A, in a medium to mid-level sort of uh, class rather than absolute poverty that they are in, you know, in such a small country. And, so, uh, and you see, you know, when the Belgians and the French pretty much colonized this region of Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, Republic of Congo and the DRC, mm -hmm. they knew all the resources in this belt. Yeah. Right? Mm. They didn't care about, you know, the southern part of uh, southern Africa. Oh. Mm. They just wanted this middle part, including Angola. <laughs> I think the Portuguese fought for Angola very hard because Angola was their closest port for, to, you know, um, Brazil. Yeah. Uh, from Angola through to Brazil was the closest. So you see that region of DRC, as I said, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, all those are pretty much Belgium and France. Mm -hmm. And they've fought and have stuck because of the resources which come out of these places. And for them to still want to impose these type of measures and want to intervene, um, I thought, you know, <laughs> some of these people like, what's his name? I forget his name. Is it? Um, it's not Nicholas. What's the current president name of France? What's his name? Oh, Macron. Macron. You know, yes. he's, he's, he's the supposed, you know, progressives with Justin Trudeau. You know, they should be happy that Africa, the black man, is liberating themselves. But it's not, <laughs> when it comes time to money, they're not progressive anymore, isn't it? No, 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 no. Democracy no, goes through the window, man. <laughs> because uh, it's, it's their yeah, survival. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, a decolonization of Africa means, uh, the death of uh, Western countries. Yeah, it certainly does feel that way. When we, when we consider um, how much they, they're taking from the continent um, to use um, to, 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 to use in their economies, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like uh, there's this, uh, you know, former Marine, uh, this guy, uh, Scott Ritter, he said, uh, you know, the decolonization of the West African belt it's a, it's a it's a nail on the coffin for for France. France will not survive if Niger, Gabon, and all the francophone countries stand up and say no more to France. Uh, France in a few years it will be it will be dilapidated like Harlem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it it will it will because yeah. that's how they've survived. They've survived even countries like Belgium. Uh, for Belgium to, you know, get out of Congo, the agreement that they've got. <laughs> yeah, those legacy debts from when they had, yeah. So, you know, 
Um, that's how some of these countries have survived. And I think the West, I think what's happened with the West is now a younger generation of uh, Africans, younger, even whether for its political leaders in Africa, Western countries, you know, the younger generation, they don't really <laughs> give a damn about mm-hmm. history or about anything. They just want to have food on their table. They want to have, with the advent of technology, they can see someone, a child in, in France, uh, having better facilities, but it's the resources which are coming out of the DR Congo, which is benefiting the child in France, not the child in DR Congo. And so people are starting to wake up to that. And I, I just never understood why. I, I I get it. Like I get it that okay, you want to you want to you want to rule and you want to have power over certain people, but why can't you just fix their roads? Give them schools. Give them this. Give them, like. It's not even a, a quarter of the amount of the money that you're taking out of Africa that that could be used to do that. It's just it's ridiculous. But if they become comfortable, uh, then uh, they become educated. Uh, they become difficult to continue to to rule, to control because they want to control yeah. with the donations. You know, and you understand some of some of these things are not explicitly taken out by the French government. There's a lot of. Uh, Contractors, they call them contractors, whether it's defense contractors and <laughs> geological contractors who end up paying, you know, the French government in taxes and all that other stuff. So you've got those companies coming to Pilfer, they have to make their profits. And then the and, government, you know, gets <laughs> and they make kickbacks taxes and all that stuff. So it's a whole big, oh, it's a whole big system, which, yeah which is really, really messed up, uh, the state of Africa. But we'll continue to watch the space. Gabon has got a new president, president-elect, the general. He's saying that uh, vowing to have elections as soon as possible. He hasn't given a timeline. <laughs> Unlike the Niger guys who said we won't have it within three years, he's just saying <laughs> they'll be held soon. Soon can be... <laughs> but, but I see he's already opened the borders, so maybe that's a good uh, tell sign. Yeah. Three yeah. days after the coup, so they already opened the borders. Going. We'll continue to... Yeah, which is good. Look, they need it because they've got a large port uh, in Gabon. There, they've got Libreville. Uh, they've got Port Gentil. Again, you know, some of these countries where I think the one for Niger, people were a bit shocked because it was it's not really a port country. But we all know the main reason why which we alluded was about the pipeline. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's a big section of the pipeline, uh, a critical section of the pipeline. Uh, which which is uh, stammering things, but again, we'll continue to monitor it and see how we go. So sticking to politics, let's switch over to American politics. Eh? Let's talk about Trump, right? Yeah, My man, ready. people, if you speak positive, if you speak positively about Trump, you'll be called a few words <laughs> on social media. You called Uncle something. <laughs> so let's talk about Trump. You know, Trump has got four indictments now. Uh, he's leading the race uh, uh, of the Republic nomination. He's actually, every time they indict him, he gets more popular. He didn't even go to the first GOP uh, debate. I don't think he needs to go there. I think the other candidates have to show themselves as the vice president because mm. Trump will get the nomination resoundingly. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Well, let's see what happens. I think it will be a Trump Joe Biden showdown. I don't know why the com- West complains about our leaders who are now old and frail. Both these gentlemen are 
one is in already in his 80s and the other is approaching his 80s um so it's a battle of the old people again just a power play um so gentlemen i open the floor to you let's have your opinions on donald trump i think you know where i stand in the pre-production meeting i'll just i'll say my piece after you get gentlemen well quite interesting uh this guy is facing 91 criminal charges uh and a range of uh civil lawsuits um all the charges that he had against him um come with a possible uh prison uh term some as much as 20 years and all of that um regardless of the outcome of of all of those cases um his party has gone on to say um whether he's con- con- um, convicted or not he's still going to be the republican nominee for president it's quite interesting it's quite telling eh yeah because uh, he is the one who's pulling the people yeah you find that uh, he even won the the debate in absentia in absentia yeah <laughs> you know without even showing his face there he won resoundingly <laughs> resoundingly yeah. you know so with with trump it's um, it's quite a complex situation you know like uh, uh, Taka was saying Chris Tucker, uh, uh, what's what's his name again, uh, Leslie? The Tucker Carlson. Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Yeah, he was saying that uh, he, they fight him, they criticize him, and uh, they try to imprison him. And if all fails, because it's appearing that they are not going to be able to stop him from running the next presidential election. So the next phase is to actually going all in with violence and try to take him out. Wow. Because he is going to destabilize the deep state. Oh, he is. He is poking the wrong (laughs) places. So if uh, he survives through to the elections... They might uh, assassinate him hmm. if he doesn't. I'm interesting. You know, yes. one thing about the first, the fascination about Trump is one of the most uh, fakest people movement candidates ever. You know, mm-hmm. he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. He's never, <laughs> you know, <laughs> look. He's worked hard in the sales market or on whatever deals he made. He had to do them. Of course, mm-hmm. he had a platform from mm-hmm. his father. Uh, so one commentator saying he's the fakest, you know, people person. He's got, you know, his hair doesn't look like the <laughs> working class. The tan he gets is not the working class. Yes. <laughs> he flies a private jet. That's not the working class. Mm-hmm. But he's emboldened the working class, uh, which is what, as Joe said, you know, the conspiracy theorists call them the deep state. Mm-hmm. The deep state are not happy with that. Yes. Um, his anti-war platform. You know, uh, again, what was the first thing Biden did within 18 months <laughs> of Whoa. him? It's, Whoa. you know, funding, increase in defense funding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's not part of the establishment. And I think one thing which they wanted, the, I think the, the, well, the supposed deep state had, they had their plan, you know, have the black president and then have a woman president. Mm-hmm. And he stifled all that by empowering people and you know getting people and look as i said you you know hate him or love him the economy was booming 
when he was president. Mm-hmm. People's lives were better, right? Yeah. Geopolitics level. was calmer. You know? Geopolitics was calmer. Mm. You know, so yes, you know, you might not like the way he speaks about certain things or certain ethnic groups, but when a president is not there to cuddle your feelings. If you want someone to cuddle your feelings, your wife does that for you. Your husband does that for you. I okay. want my president to make key decision issues <laughs> which benefit me, not about my feelings. You know what I mean? So this this whole, you know, Trump offended people, he hurt people's feelings. That's not mm. the job of the president. Do that yeah. with your partner, do that with your girlfriend, do that with your boyfriend, with your wife, with your husband, with your mother, you know, with your father. Let them coddle your feelings. This guy is just there to make a decision. Yeah. You know, you he don't is. agree, you have to agree with everything. Hey, we need results, eh? No, go ahead. Outcomes. Bro. You know, I'm saying outcomes so, is what is important. It's yeah. not a character, you know. And a, of course, you hear, yeah, and you hear people saying, "Oh, his outcomes will benefit of uh, Obama's policies." Come on, <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> it's just discredited. Economic him, policies did Obama bring? You know what <laughs> I mean? So. A lot of people just, you know, bring their feelings to this debate. It's not a feelings thing. It's not a feelings competition. Let's talk about the facts. You know what I mean? Of course, you know, when he first started talking about the Mexicans being, you know, whatever they are, you know, that thing, I, I would never condone that. But it's what brought him. It was publicity which brought him that. Uh, what's wrong with that? What he said about uh, the illegal immigrants, most of them, they are criminals. They are breaking the law. Yeah, but he, there was a way which I could, I think he could have just addressed it to say illegal immigrants coming into the country, not yeah. sp- specifically targeting because there are people coming from El Salvador, people coming from Peru, people coming from you know other South American countries, even from Africa as well. But he spe- picked a specific nationality, which was, I think, at that time, yes, it suited the narrative of bringing him to the forefront. You know, <laughs> uh, and in creating a bit of storm, which helped him in the long run. But I, I don't, I don't condone that. Or oh, if you wanted to just say illegal immigrants are raping, killing, stealing, I think that would have been a better way to say it, uh, rather than just speaking a specific a specific nationality. Yeah, but it's funny. It's funny that uh, with the polls, eh, the more he says things like that. He gets more popular with that group of people that is speaking like that about yeah, the, the Hispanics <laughs> like him. Yeah, but look, I think with the Hispanics, the the Hispanics understand. You know, the Hispanics is a big demographic which likes Trump because mm-hmm. of the conservative platform. You know, Hispanics are very uh, religious, uh, Catholic based, particularly his his stance on abortion. Uh, many Hispanics will, will support that pro life stance um you know you've got other other stances which is has of course against you know the cartels and all that stuff those one hispanic families which want the family orientation through their religion uh adhere to that so that's what i think pisses again the establishment of the so-called deep state that the people who he attacked at the start of his reign or his campaign the people who's got one of the biggest supports for so catch 22 so who do you think will be his vice president 
Vivek Ramaswamy or Ron DeSantis? I don't think I'd pick Ron DeSantis. I think uh, Vivek will not be a good uh, vice president for him because they are coming from the same background or similar background and it doesn't bring in new ideas into the into the house. So if Ron DeSantis comes in, he will bring sanity to Trump. You know, he is somewhat insane, but he is someone who brings results. He's the guy from 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 um, Miami, yeah? from Florida. He, he yes, DeSantis Florida, from yeah. Florida. Yes, oh, that guy. <laughs> what do you? What I, do you I don't. I don't like him. No, I don't but like I think, him. But, uh, look, uh, look, look. He did good policies, particularly with COVID. He had good success, right? He the borders, we you know. Maybe people will say, of course, you know, it's a warmer climate, it's not cold. But he, as per capita, he had, in terms of the, what did, what did they, what did they call it? It's like COVID is now three years old now. I forgot the term. The high, what was it? The high case or high mobility or whatever. They had the elderly, most of the elderly per capita in the world are in Miami because of its climate and the you know, comfortability of the climate. Yeah. But there was no high COVID rates there. So there was Unlike low mortality in there. Had most of the restrictions. So no COVID mortality. mortality was low. Yeah. So he had good success there. Florida's economy is booming. Uh, most of the companies, you know, are moving out of Florida, out of California. Wealthy people moving out of California, going to Florida because of their tax policies. So again, it's not about a, a feelings competition. <laughs> it's about your benefits. Right? <laughs> Is if you want feelings, find someone who will comfort you and give you the feelings that you want. All right? But I think for the Democrats, that California I, I like, government, I like government, Tina's government smile. Wisdom, <laughs> you you talk, talk about it. Talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> no, no, let, 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 let the men speak. Say, man. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let the men speak. No, it's all right. <laughs> I think American politics no, for me no, is a bit, is a bit con con confusing for me um, because I don't understand certain things they do. Um, like you're saying, uh, you know, right now, California is bringing up all these laws. To what end? What is the, what is the purpose of all of that? Um, and, and then have all big business run out uh, and go to another state. Like, in the long run, aren't you self-defeating? Yeah, it is self-defeating. Yeah, some of these, um, yeah, yeah. I wanted yeah, to say it's self-defeating. Uh, yes. are, are people. Yeah, some of these governors, as Joy is saying, are, are, are wealthy, uh, <laughs> aristocratic people who are just coming to say, you know, I want a virtue signal. You know what I mean? They don't really understand the grind of people waking up at five a.m. Uh, you know, people sleeping at midnight. And then waking up at 5 a.m. just to put food on the table, keep the lights on for their families. Some of these people don't understand it. They're just, you know, qualified politicians. They came out of uni, came out of technical college, worked in a trades union or in some funny politician's office. And then they became uh, a leader, a councillor, a member of parliament, and so and so. They don't really understand. One thing, one criteria, if I'm fortunate to be a leader, is either you've had to work in industry for 10 years or you've had to own your own business so that you understand the pain which other people go through. Where someone receives an electricity bill, they don't know where that money is going to come through. 
oh, the bill is due and their salary is coming in two weeks. Some of these guys don't really under, know, know that. <laughs> yeah, that's very <laughs> they true. They survive on the tax dollars of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think after a while it, it actually becomes, um, um, you know, a, a family thing that we do politics. Look at the Bush is a very good example. It becomes a, a family thing. We do politics. We control this. We do oil. We control this, you know, and before you know it, that's how um, these family businesses or family, um, uh, what you call, for dynasties. Like, dynasties. Dynasties, yeah. Are, are being formed. Um, Political dynasties are born, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just like the Kennedy family. The Kennedy family, their father made lots of the money through the bootlegging, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then when the prohibition was finished, after bootlegging, what did they move to? Moved into politics. Politics. Because they had the money now. They have the influence. Yeah. They had the sway. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So, yeah. So, let's let's wrap it up on a lighter note. Uh, <laughs> in our production meeting, <laughs> no, in our group chat, something was shared about that uh, chick and that other podcast. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> was Rena. reading that other guy, <laughs> Miss Rena, <laughs> Rena, Brittany Rena, Brittany Rena. What, what's and, her rise to fame about Brittany Rena? Um, she's married to um uh, this guy, this basketball player. Uh, she had a child by him, and then as soon as she had the child, yeah, um, she she let him go, <laughs> and now she's getting paid. Also, oh, now she's just getting. Yeah, she's yeah. getting bag, big bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it's um, it's oh, so scared a lot of men. Influencer, yes. PJ Washington. Yeah, that's his name, PJ Washington. She, yeah, man, she was high as a kite on that video which we just sent in the in the, in the WhatsApp for our gents there, <laughs> brother. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the guys in the podcast saying, "Hey, stop chucking water! Stop chucking water!" <laughs> <laughs> Brittany uh, Rena, but hey, she's a good-looking item, hey. She's she's very pretty, but I've seen some videos. Her body is, um, I mean, she's all right. <laughs> she's all right, but uh, I think I think uh, her body's <laughs> taking the toll. Is of, she a BBL uh, type of chick? Nah, she's getting old. Yeah, <laughs> no, but she's a slim one. No, she's nice. She's nice. Don't, Did she I get don't... a butt, uh, Brazilian butt lift? No, I don't think so. I think she's always been, you know, good looking. But um, I think her ways are catching up with her. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the yeah, soldiers... She looked high there, man. She really looked high on that other... Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that was Charleston White she was uh, jumping on, isn't it? Yes. Boozy. <laughs> I think... Yeah, I think I think we've got that video on our Twitter, on our Twitter, on our Amagin's podcast Twitter. Go and watch that. The credit to the <laughs> to the Charleston White and his crew podcast. Uh, it's a funny clip. Uh, so yeah, man. Again, gentlemen, thank you so much for another week of Amagin's podcast. Anything you wanted to add, gents? You look like you're chomping at the bit. Mm. So what do you think about uh, this whole, you know, child support thing that uh, Brittany Rena is wrecking off from the uh, NBA star? Ah, look, man, um, the, the, the world we live in now is, is just pro-women um, because um, in, 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 in an old sense, the amount of money that she's taking away 
does not make um does not make um make sense yeah for having so. been with somebody who you just had a baby with it doesn't make sense i mean it's crazy yeah and uh, it, oh, it I'll, made I'll a lot of guys fifth. scared yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? you pledge the fifth i'll plead the fifth amendment <laughs> i pledge the fifth i can't comment on that one so <laughs> in all in all I'm going the... another rant i'll go in another one hour rant Okay, so in all the dealings, men now they have to be very careful and be like uh, this rapper, you know. Hey, what's no his name? Drake. Love, man. No uh, Drake. Love. You know, you gotta protect yeah. the seed somewhere, somehow, because otherwise you get on a child support or alimony that you can't get rid of. I think these guys just need to be careful, man. They, 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 they just need to know how to put on a condom, bro. They need to, bro. Oh man! Even if you put a condom, they can no, actually, you no know, no glove, no love, man. <laughs> you, know, you know, you you after putting no, the condom, you, you have there's, to there's also, article, a... you have to also be careful with, uh, you know, after use, because uh, these, uh, you know, American chicks, they are taking the the the, the seeds. <laughs> you know <laughs> like what happened with uh, some some article which i read which basketball stars are told by their prs to yeah. say if you slam these chicks either you flush it and you make sure it's flushed yeah. or you put it in a tissue you put it in your pocket and you go and, with and it. walk out yeah yeah that's it's very wise words not putting hot chili Correct. No. Oh, <laughs> no glove, no love. No glove, no love. The Drake, the Drake way. Yeah. <laughs> Put hot chili in there. <laughs> Put some hot sauce in there. <laughs> yeah. No love. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you so much for an episode of Amagents. We appreciate it. So follow us on our um, socials on Facebook at Amagents Podcast. On uh, find us on Twitter at Amagens Podcast. Find us on our newly opened Instagram page at Amagens Podcast. Again, thank you so much. Thank you. Have an awesome week. Catch you.